Chorsey Eisen for like <laughs> dog. And a new Irish record for Phil Healy, 22.99. Christy Cooney hands over the Sam Maguire Cup to Graham County, Cork All-Ireland Champions for the seventh time ever. Hello and welcome to the Star Sport Podcast. My name is Jack McCarran of the Southern Star and I'm joined as always by Star Sport Editor, Kieran McCarty. Before we kick things off, I'd just like to give a gentle reminder to our listeners and viewers to please rate, review and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify and YouTube. We haven't quite hit the 1,000 subscribers on YouTube, but we are getting closer, so I'd encourage any of you who'd like to give us a hand to head over to YouTube now and hit the subscribe button. It's GAA all the way on this week's podcast as we begin gearing up for the return of inter-county action in the coming weeks. First up, we'll be chatting to All-Ireland winning under-20 manager Keith Ricken. Keith was in brilliant form when he spoke to Kieran about what we've learned from lockdowns and the return of kids to training this week. We'll also hear from Glengarve's Neve Cotter, the Cork midfielder who plays her football with Kilmacud Croaks in Dublin, is on the comeback trail following a serious back injury. But Kieran, a subject I know you'll be touching on with Keith Ricken is the return to action for kids across the country this week. And I have to say, driving past a number of pitches last night, seeing youngsters out training in the sun really gave me a boost. 100% Jack, I couldn't agree more with you. Uh, one of our young fellas was back training last night under 11 and it was just great to see putting on the boots, tr- trying to find the moat guard again, trying to find the, the football socks, but just to get him back out there with his, with his friends kicking a ball and he had a great time, came off the pitch buzzing. So uh, that's a story that's going to be um, kind of echoed right across West Cork, right across the county, right across the country because it's just a positive. It's been so much doom and gloom for so long. So now to see underage training back... <coughs> Excuse me. It's it's a step in the right direction. Absolutely. Well, let's not hold our lead much longer because the interview you've done with Keith Ricken is fantastic, as most interviews people do with Keith Ricken are. He's just an excellent talker, a philosopher on life, on football, and everything in between. He probably won't like him, me calling him that, but there you go. So, Kieran, before we hear from Keith, maybe just give us a flavour of what you spoke about. Alan, keep making the philosopher is probably hitting the nail on the head. He's just a brilliant speaker and he speaks with so much wisdom and knowledge and insight that you always come away from listening to Keith having learned something. So I was just chatting to him about the, the return of the GEA to speak of underage training and to see what we've learned from the lockdowns and can we continue on those lessons now that hopefully we're going back to something that is more resembling normal in the, the weeks and months ahead. Um, Keith was absolutely brilliant. He spoke along with Barry Corkery at a Cork GEA webinar last Friday night. And it was about the importance of the return to sport. And they were reaching out to coaches and, and to kids and to youth players and to, and, and to parents. And they were providing practical advice on how to support players returning to their local GA clubs. So we touched on that and a lot, lot more. Because whenever you talk to Keith Ricken, the conversation can go left, right, centre, upside down, backwards, any which way. But it's always interesting. So... Um, you don't want to hear from me anymore, so we'll cut straight to this interview and you'll certainly come away having learned a lot. Delighted now to be joined on the Star Sport podcast by a man who's very well known here in West Cork. It's Keith Ricken, the Cork under-20 football manager. Welcome to the podcast, Keith. 
Thanks, Kieran. Thanks for asking me. Um, huge week for GA across the, the, the county and the country because underage training is back. So it's going to be great to hear the pitches become alive again. Um, do you think that absence makes the heart grow fonder and we'll, we'll have a newfound appreciation for, for the GA and even sport in general? I think we'd even go back further than that. Like, I think we'd have a great appreciation for what really matters. Um, we talk to most people now and um, just like almost said, the world needed a breath, you know, to stop and pause and catch a breath and to um, pose the question, like, what is it all about and what are we all about and what's important in life? And to, um, for lots of us, we're all been working from home or, and they use the term lockdown, like, I'm, I'm not too sure is it a great term, really, like, you know, you know, because, you know, you know just, it, it's, it seems like it's something overly severe. And I know for some people it was tough going, I know in relation to businesses and, you know, stuff like that and people in the, the in retail or in the services industries and stuff, it has been very, very difficult, like in tourism industries and stuff like that. But at, at the same time, I think it's been fantastic that opportunities too in it um, to re-engage with your family, re-engage with your friend, and more importantly, it's supposed to re-engage with yourself. Um, you know, I find here that um, you could be running around everything and, and there's so much information out there. You're running around all over the place and there's so much information here. But you, you nearly hardly know who you are yourself or what you're about. Or, you know, why am I doing this? Like, so I think you need to miss stuff. Like, I think you need to meet, you need to hurt and you need to miss stuff and you need to, uh, to have stuff taken from you for you to appreciate it. You know what I mean? Uh, when you were a child, if you stood out of line, like there was always something taken from you. Like, you know, um, I know you couldn't wait to get it back. Like, and you know, I suppose as a, as a, as a country, like as a society, we've had, you know, we've had our rights taken off us for hundreds of years. We have our, our religion taken off us. We had so much stuff taken off us like that we fought very hard for it. Uh, so when we have it back, you'd, you'd appreciate it. And I just think that we went into a phase there where we were being less appreciated again. I think most people would probably agree with that, like that we were just so busy and flying around the place. And this is a great opportunity to pause and think. I know that we've thought about it. Um, I was, uh, and to talk tonight, I was given, uh, I, I mentioned uh, Frederick Backman, he, 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 he writes a few books there, um, Bear Town and Us Against You, or a few of his recent ones. Um, but he's a very good author, but he, he kind of said, like, in one of the books there, he said, it, before the tragedy, we have hundreds of wishes, we have thousands of wishes. Um, but after the tragedy, we have only one, like, and um, and I think, you know, for us, like, where there has been far greater tragedies than this, it has been a tragedy that lads couldn't go out onto the field and play ball and kick around and meet with their friends and to see the to see the conditions of the pitches fall into the way they were going. Like, you know, in, in over 12 months, there was grass going and there was, you know, there was no life there. There was no heartbeat, no soul. So it was a tragedy in that sense. But I got you to think, like, geez, if I could only go back, like, if I could only go back now, what would I do that? Now, now that we're getting close to it and we're coming into it now tonight, I'd, I'd love for people to remember that, like, but that's really most importantly, like, you know, that there's noise down at the pitch, that there's kids playing and that they're enjoying themselves, there's the sound of the ball being kicked or, you know, the slitter being hit or whatever it is, and that there's fun and there's uh, freedom and there's an expression, because, you know, we all wish that for our kids that they would mix. And I think here, and I think that's a huge part of it, like, we we get caught up. I, I, I made reference to a friend of mine there recently that, um, who was quite sick and, you know, this time 12 months ago, he was very, very sick and his one wish was that he'd stay alive, you know, and then he did stay alive and then the next wish was I could get out and the next wish was I could go moving and then I could eat more and I could, 
in Jaya more. So now his his wish list again is incredibly long, thanks be to God. But at the same time, like you know, we could nearly he told me himself, he nearly forgot what his first wish was like. The value of the life, the value of just being alive and looking at, you know, not taking anything for granted again. And I think we must do that too. We mustn't take anything for granted again. That's actually a great point, Keith, because is there danger here that with sport coming back, and like I said, the, the, under, the kids are back underage training this week, Intercounties back next month, golf courses have opened up this week, tennis courts, and we're starting to kind of move towards something again. But is there danger that we could almost slip into our, our old ways again and take sport for granted rather than seeing this as an opportunity to reassess and reevaluate just how important sport is in all our lives? Well, I suppose the human condition is to reset back into our own ways from the Garden of Eden onwards. Like we've done that, or we've always gone back to, you know, we've always slipped back into, you know, habits and we we get busy, we'll get distracted with other stuff. And it's human nature as part of it, you know. I'm not asking people to be perfect or I'm not asking people because you can't be perfect. But, and like God knows, I've made so many mistakes in my life. Uh, I'd be embarrassed some days when I'd be, I go red on my own thinking about the bloody things that a lot of stuff I've done and said and, but it's important, I suppose, for us that in this kind of, in our view of life now, that we be a bit more compassionate and we can understand that we're, each human being is a complex creature. Like we're, we're, we can be totally marvellous and totally gobshite at the same, you know, at the, almost at the same time, like, right? And it's important to catch us when we are at the gobshite part, like, when we just catch it and we just press that free pause button, you know? And we'd say, right, we, we'll stop that now and we go again, like, so... I kind of had the, the idea the last day of a fresh start and, you know, I spoke on that and I kind of gave an acronym for this and, you know, I'm not going through that now, but the fresh start is, people think it's a fresh start is for now, but the fresh start is every day. The fresh start is every time we go down to the pitch, the fresh start, we wake up in the morning, like, you know, uh, I, I read uh, recently there, Edith Edgar, uh, her newest book. Um, she's an Auschwitz survivor and she's a marvellous woman. Like she's, She decided to write in her 90s, like when she had something to write about, you know. Now, her life, she could write hundreds of books. The woman is highly intelligent, but she wrote her second one as The Gift. And it was a great book. And I'd recommend people to have it. Like it's a great book to put on the side locker. That's something that would ground you. Every page you open up, you just want to be grounded today. You want to be grateful for what you have today. You want to be, and, and it's not just about you, but it's also about the people that are coming down there. They also have, should feel grateful and, you know, so, and, and I try to do that an awful lot now uh, to remind myself what it's all about because we all get carried away. The match comes in like, and, you know, I've often found there's something about a later football, particularly like in, and an atmosphere that sometimes the rule of nature and the rule and the laws of the land can go to window. Like mm-hmm. all common sense can go to window and we get this fascination with it. And, and in lots of ways it's great because we can lose ourselves in imagination, but sometimes we lose our, the run of ourselves too. And I think it's important to. So I think like the fact that we've done it, when like we we coped as we do best. Everybody here, we all cope as we do best. But I, the more you learn, like when you know better, you must do better. And I think that's part of, you know, that's the challenge for all of us. Like that's the challenge for every human being on this planet. Like to do better and to to contribute and stuff like that. So we've got to be very mindful as the adults here in this in this relationship when we go to the pitches like that we we've got to keep reminding ourselves what it's all about we've got to keep reminding us like you know that uh, and we've we've got to accept limitations you know and um, i think that's a big thing in in the western world now we have no we've no respect anymore for limitations you know and we 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 and everyone has this kind of a sense of entitlement and i think that's something that we need to 
step back from, you know. And if Johnny is running the under 16 team below on the pitch and they played their first match, and instead of saying, Jesus, I hope we lost to the local crowd, and we, you know, like, first of all, like, there's probably a hundred positives before they ever ball was kicked. And all these young lads turned up, they were talked out, they were enthusiastic, they tried their best. There's so many stuff that we choose to ignore that and we go to the one thing like at the end, or the result was poor, like, you know, and they lost it on the line. Now, you know, this kind of old yeah. cardiology talk, not knowing that this 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 guy that's on the line, like, he's given his time, like, or she's given her time uh, and she's given her effort and she's been a, a good influence with the people, like, you know. And uh, the more important thing is, I mean, I, there was a very tragic death there in, in MTU there over the weekend with the lad in Gaddestown, like, you know, and I, I mean, very tragic, like, and, you know, and, and what do we wish at the end of the day that we, we get our young people, give them as much experience as possible can and, and live, that they would live to get old. And you'd love them to live to get old with our club or with our sport or with our association. And ultimately, the whole purpose of an underage Kirton is is exactly that, you know, the whole purpose of an underage is not to, well, you know, like, which would you prefer? Would you like to be very successful underage and have no young lads coming through into your attitude? Or would you like to say that a fella, well, you know, he didn't retire, he did just stop notifying him at, at 42, you know, and you have a bunch of them crowds coming through. Would you like that? And when these fellas would give to the club all their lives, and then when they're finished, they will go, they will go back and they will do this, to see him with the other young lads coming through to give to the club all their lives. I think that's what sport is about. Like. And yes, you want to be successful. And here, and I'm sure you're as competitive as I was competitive. We're all competitive. But we need to... That's why we're, you know, that's why we're the human beings that we are. Like, We're given a, a strength and a choice like, to keep our ego in check. And that's the one that we have to do. Like. We have to keep that old ego in check like, and make sure that... Hey, Keto, you must remind us of here what this is all about. And I think, um, I think that's important. If that's an answer to your question, I'm not too sure. I was just half ten in the morning. I'm normally ranting and raving in my own head. So you're going to get this this morning, you know, here. And like I could, I could say anything. <laughs> talk away to me, Keith. I always enjoy listening to you. But you made a great point earlier too about, I suppose, the responsibility of adults and parents. And with kids returning to underage training this week, and there's, I suppose there's a section where there's an anxiety that not all kids will return and there's a concern that not all kids will return to sport. What can we do to kind of encourage those parents, encourage those kids to come back? Because we, we know we can accentuate the positives of sport here, whether it's exercise, their development and all that. But it is so important that, that parents too take on that responsibility and take their kids to the training session so that the kids do get to develop with their, with their friends in that environment. Well, I suppose for me, like, there's a big element of trust. And I suppose the first person I need to trust in, in this relationship is myself. Am I going down for the right reasons? Am I going down for the right things? If I am, I go down and trust. If people think I am or feel I am, they'll send their children there. If they feel they're not, they mightn't send their children there. They could be anxious. You know, we don't know how people are interpreting this return again now, you're right? Uh, we don't know how the children are. We don't know how the parents are or grandparents are or whatever. And uh, I, I'm reminded earlier, um, I think uh, Jodie Pickle, she writes, she's an, uh, very fic- good, very good female fiction author. And she wrote like that anxiety was like, um, I think she said anxiety was like a rocking chair. It gives you something to do, but it doesn't get you very far. So we, we can be very anxious about stuff, but we must make a decision either way, you know. And we must make a decision, um, you know, are we going to send them down? Is it good for the children or not? And parents are extraordinarily 
intuitive when it comes down to their own children. And if they feel that the environment is good and the environment um, has a reputation of being good, and you know, if there's if kids are kids talk among each other, oh, we had a great time down a train and we played a match with all this kind of stuff and all these things, um, more travels around. So you all you have to do really in this whole process, every club, every coach has to trust themselves, has to trust themselves that they're going to do as best they possibly can to uh, you know bring out the the best in people and have a nice positive atmosphere. I'm not saying that it's all come by ass stuff. I'm not saying that you know we're all be tree huggers and you know it's not necessarily that. What it is is just that you, there's a respect there for everybody that comes onto the pitch. You know, there's a, a respect, there's an appreciation, there's an acknowledgement of the efforts and stuff like that. I think that pays off. Everybody in the world, like I mean, I do a lot of walking now. Uh, you know, and since the lockdown, I've done a good bit around the area and every day, and I walk different roads all around Carry Tool and. I'd make, I'd made the most out of the three, two k, and I made the most out of the five k. Done every bloody thing to make it as much as I could, but every time you be walking on the road, people who don't know would salute you. You'd be passing the car to salute you. The people who might know would give you the right, whatever. Right? But people who don't, there's always a nod or a nod or a morning or whatever. And it's one of the big things in life that everybody in the world needs to be acknowledged. You know, everybody, everybody in the world needs to be accepted. And everybody in the world needs to be appreciated. The other three years, the other three golden rules, and far as I concerned, you know. Um, and I think when you know everybody comes to the pitch and you know their name, say hey Johnny, and you used to give him a fist pump or whatever you could do, or well done, or tap him in the back or whatever, and then you know you you're rewarding his effort, whatever effort he's making. You're always conscious of it, and you're looking at stuff, and you're not just saying well done. Well done can be very you know, it rolls off the lips, like, you know, you know, I think if you spot a little action that no one sees, only you see, that's good coaching, and you can say, that was a great pickup, Johnny, oh, cloth off the left leg by today, it, it lifts people, like, you know, and to accept them, to accept their limitations, like, you know, that every plant grows differently, like, you know, every, you know, there's different types of grass, the lads are farming, they're going to be thrown down seed, and slow, some is slow, some is quick, you know, some plants grow faster, some plants grow slower, and, you know, I'm, I think that's the same with human beings. You all develop at a different rate. And I think what, what a lot of coaches fall into this, uh, and people and parents, all of us fall into this kind of our expectation of the person coming through as a rather an acceptance of their expectations and to accept them for where they're at. I know that they will grow. I know that if they're in a positive environment, no matter how bad a footballer he or she is or a hurler or whatever, they will develop lots of other ways in lots of and in their own time and uh, i'm a big believer that i'm involved with the under 20s and i'd be constantly saying that to the lads lads this is you, you know you're not even two thirds through your playing career you know the greatest we have to yet to find the best player and then he might be 25 or 26 and he could come and he might be 32 and become, become a great club player and, uh, you know and i've seen that so many times and um, but what's your wish for any child really you know i suppose that's the, you must go back to your own children. If you have children, what are your wishes for them? You know, a lot of time we say, oh, once they're happy, and then we, we examine that and we say, well, should they could be down in, in the local schoolyard and the holidays breaking windows and they'd be very happy, like, you know what I mean? They'd be all delighted themselves, but it's not about happiness. I think once they can, you know, like, what are the important things? They make choices, that they can stand over their choices, that they make friends for people who are good to them, like, you know? Uh, you know, I think that's it, that they, they have a passion about stuff in life, that they you know, they have a walkability and a stickability, like the stuff that they will survive because life is tough. 
And you know that when everybody's suspecting it, life is hard and tough. And so like, we try to teach our kids to be resilient and to be tougher, but there's no better place than a sports pitch for that because it's a safe environment. So you're teaching them how to accept defeat and you're teaching them how to accept success, which is, you know, we, we, we kind of don't teach well that at times. We can accept defeat, like, but we don't do well with success or praise and stuff. And we need to kind of work a lot in that. But we can do a lot of stuff, uh, you know, that teaches them in a safe environment. So the worst that can happen is that they can lose a match or make a bags of a kick out or do something, you know, that's the worst that can happen. But it teaches them how to react. So that when, they're, when they do go into their own lives, and, you know, and each of us has a purpose in our own life, um, our many purposes maybe, like we only were, you know, Kieran McCarthy is a purpose in Kieran McCarthy's life that Keith Rickon can't do. It's only Kieran McCarthy can do it. No one else can do it. Not even his brothers or sisters can do it. It's your role and your role only. Whatever that will be in life, you know, sport will have taught you the valuable lessons. And everything must be practiced. Every skill must be practiced. But we often think about skills as, you know, kicking left and right, hand passing left and right, solo left and right, you know, striking left and right. But it, more stuff that we have is there's a skill learned. It's a skill. It's something learned, right? Fear and how do we how do we overcome fear? How do we overcome disappointment? How these are all skills, and we teach them well down at pitches, and we teach them not by talking, but we teach them by how we do it ourselves. So children will look at you and they will see, you know, how he reacts, how he reacts to my mistake. Well, then I would think that becomes the norm and I will react the same. How patient he is with me. So I will think that is the norm and I'll become the same. So it's a, it's a great honour to be involved with teams and coaching teams, but it's also a huge, huge responsibility. Like I said earlier there, Keith, is that we're, we're moving towards hopefully something better underage training back this week into county. Training started last week. The games are starting in May. Hopefully the Cockwood of the 20s will be back training soon. When you reflect on the last 14, 15 months, what's the big learning that you've taken yourself from, from what, what we've all been through? Well, I found myself like, you know, that I was always kept myself busy and I always kept myself moving and I always kind of kept myself doing stuff. But I wondered, what, you know, I was the purpose of some of that, like, you know. I had to sit back and examine my own role in life. What is my own purpose? What am I doing, you know? And then, you know, I look after, you know, yeah, myself in terms of, you know, what am I doing to, what am I doing for myself? What am I doing that would make me a better person? What is my, what are my weaknesses maybe that I'm not happy with? Maybe there are one or two things I could change. So I use that time to to read and reflect and to do other stuff like, you know. No, I wasn't totally navel gazing, like, it's not like, you know, I'd like to have a sense of purpose and, um I do that every day. I'd always, you know, pick up the phone and even if I'm really in bad form myself, I'd still pick up the phone and ring somebody else who I might be thinking might be struggling or whatever, ring a player, text the lads, whatever, and engage some form of conversation so that at the end of the day, I can face myself when I'm, you know, brush my teeth at night or wash my face before I go to bed and I look at myself and say, well, you know, Keith, you made some difference somewhere along the line today. And that was, the, that was hard in lockdown because when you're involved with people and walking in among them, like, but now you had to make special efforts to do that. Uh, so it made me, I think, myself more thoughtful, you know, and more aware again. Um, but it was tough. Like, I mean, there was days there, you know, you, you go for the walk and you you nearly like Father Skunk, like you keep going, you know, you might come back at all, you know. Um, but I, I think overall, I, you know, I thought the, the whole experience for me, 
uh, was a very good learning thing. And you know, what actually do I do, and what actually could I do without? Mm -hmm. And uh, for me, I think there was a bit of learning there on that for me. Uh, I mean, do I miss? I suppose I come across as a big sporty person. My wife is more sporty than I am. You know, she genuinely, you know, she really loves the sport. She loves it. I think I, re I have come to the realization that I love the people that play the sport. You know, and I love that interaction with side of things, and I love to see the lads develop, and I like, and uh, you know, I love to be, you know, when we take a, a, a bunch of guys, and you know, we have to drop back panels, and you know, you might say, "Here, look, unfortunately, we can't include you for the, in the next round of stuff." Like, you know, heart is breaking for the young fella. Like. But I'd love, I particularly love when I see that young fella in two or three years' time, and he's flying it, mm -hmm. and he's blossomed. And he's talking on board what you know has and he's used that experience to elevate himself up further and to prove you're wrong almost like you know you know that you were you know i love that i love that and in, in, in seeing people and i loved also seeing guys that you know um and see how they turn out like when people ask me have you a good team i kind of tend now to think like you know when i'd probably tell you in 10 years time how they turn out i love to see how they turn out you know and i'm lucky enough now that stage in my life like that I have coached since I was 17 years of age you know so I have a number of generations of players that I have dealt with over the years I've seen how they turned out and it, it always lifts my heart when I see them with their children or it lifts my heart when I see them in their jobs and and they're doing very well for themselves and you know you know that you contributed a tiny little bit just a tiny bit to that development, like, you know, that you, you know, they, and when they meet you, they, they always talk about the fun times they had and enjoyment or, you know, the stories or the feelings, because that's what we keep. We don't keep anything else. Memory is going to be a lot of fuzzed. And certainly, my memories get unbelievably fuzzed, you know. And I have 10 in the morning, like I said to you, I think it'll come out of me. But I do know that the feelings that I have, and they, I, I, they never kind of left me, you know. I could tell you how I felt in fourth class. I could tell you how I felt today. I remembered writing down my first date on the top of the page. That I, I knew what a date was. Because before the Pope John Paul came to Ireland, that'll tell you, right? I can remember that, putting it in pencil on the corner of my page. I can remember the feelings of that, just connecting that I knew today's date and there was something about special, there was something. And all these kind of things that you will go through your life with that, you know, the feelings that you get. And if you add to someone's feelings and you, you walk down the, down the town and your the, the local village or shop or whatever you go up and you see one of the players and you give them a high five or you hello. And uh, you might say, Jesus, that was some, that was some block last day. Boy. He's an unbelievable player. This he's going to be some man. And he goes away like this, like he's going away with his chest up and all that. Uh, I don't think that's... Um, I think that's just a beautiful thing. Just the most beautiful thing that to be accepted and to be acknowledged and to be loved. I think that's a fantastic thing. And I think we could be doing more of that. And that's what I've learned for myself like that. You know, that. And the other thing I've learned is that, is that I would be very critical, like most people are. We are very quite critical of ourselves. And, uh, and you know, sometimes it's right to be critical. And, you know, if you lose a match or if you lose something, you want to analyse it and look over it. Um, but I sometimes think that we are... We are we don't look at what it is what we actually do. What 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 are our gifts? What are the things that we're contributing? Um, because when you, if you do that more, you tend to look at, you tend to, you know, you tend to know your skills. You tend to know what you have and what you can deliver, and you tend to put yourself in them situations. So you're a lot more and more effective in what you do. And I think that uh, that's something I've learned, particularly in the lockdown. You know, I've kind of done a bit of time. And what well, what actually do I do well? Mm -hmm. You know. And um, if there's one thing I want to change, I'll try to change one thing. One thing at a time is enough. But um, 
And uh, I, I just felt that's what I really learned the whole, in the whole experience. What am I doing well? And, uh, you, know, uh, you know, what am I giving back to society? And am I happy with that? Um, and then what could I improve? I suppose that's what I done. And I says, you know, when I go back to the pitch, I hope to reflect that now in the sessions and when I go back to the pitch. Right? And how much are you looking forward to get, getting back on the pitch, Keith, and putting those 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 thoughts, processes actually into actions? Because we know about your enthusiasm for, for sport and, and life in general. But for you now as, as a GA man and as a sports fan, how much are you looking forward to getting back on the pitch and, and helping these, the Cork the Twins, for example, helping these young fellas develop both on and off the pitch? I suppose, like, I'm, I'm very lucky that I have, you know, I'm involved with my own young lad here in Carrie Tool at the moment. Okay, we're living in Carrie Tool now. Um, but I still, uh, so I, I go down there and help out assistant to the assistant coach, you know, and I have been that, you know, I've never made anything higher than that in the last number of years with this team. They have a very good setup and great. And so I'd help out when I can. And I really enjoy that. And I love that. And I love the, the energy of it. And I love the, the fact that at 50, nearly 51, and a kind of a cranky old fecker, like I still connect with these kids and I still enjoy them. And, I, you know, I'm still doing the same thing over 30 years. I love that. And I'm really looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to also, like I'm involved with my own club. And this year I'm kind of help, trying to help out with a, a camogie team, um, the idle camogie team in the club, just to help them out and do bits and pieces. And I'm looking forward because um, they hate the Zoom, right? The women hate the Zoom and the classes, the fitness classes. So they can't wait to go back to the field and I can't wait to go back. There's something special about um, going on to the pitch like the, you know like I, I know we can do great stuff on Zoom and I know that but there's something special about all your senses are being used when you go into a field and all your senses are being used when we get time to go into the dressing room because for me like the dressing room is almost like going into a church it's a real sacred place like it's a special place to be right uh, and to be walking with young people it's really special and I love that um, and I'm you know I'm looking forward to being able to get out and to hear the sound, you know, I mean, to hear the sound of training, you know what I mean? To hear that, you know, the, the heart beating and the, and the people running and they're sweating and they're hitting each other, you know, and that kind of stuff, that kind of whole, uh, it, it does all your senses, you know? Like, I mean, it does your eyes, it does your ears, it does your taste, it does all the stuff. And it does, it, and it's almost like being plugged in to be recharged. I find that now when I'm working with the students in the college and that age group, and particularly with under 20s, I, uh, and that particular age group, which is why I'd love to get, I, I kind of got involved in them. It's almost like, you know, no matter how, and I, I, I have a kind of a, an ongoing illness, like, you know, and it's, not, it's probably never going to get away. And a lot of it is to do with pain and stuff like that. And, you know, so I have to be, you know, um, I, I do try to be careful, but I find like that the greatest pain relief of all times like, are young people. You can just go in and if they could bottle it, you know, I, I don't think anyone would get a headache. If they could bottle it and you, you could get a, a leg operation and no one need, you know, no painkiller, just if they could bottle this alone, because it just gives you an energy. Like, And I'm really looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to the, to the I don't know, is it a selfish part of it, right? but it just keeps me young in my thought processes and it keeps me young even when I come into the field, you know, it could be a bit stiff and a bit sore and I go into the field and there's a training session going on and Jeez, within 20 minutes, the adrenaline is pumping inside me and, you know, I feel great, like, you know. So uh, I'm looking forward to that, absolutely. And I'm looking forward, I suppose, I'm counting on them, counting on me. Does that make sense? Like, and, and, and I'm counting on me, counting on them. I think that's just a lovely combination that it's, I, I, I need that kind of stuff down in the pitch and they need that stuff down in the pitch. And I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. I really am.
you couldn't say, I mean, you know, just watching sport doesn't doesn't do a whole lot for me now watching sport, you know. Uh, unless I go to a match and I engrossed and I go down to West Cork and stand up the bank up in Dunmanway or, you know, whatever, and I look down Castlehaven and go on to the sideline and watch a match or something. I just feel it. I feel the energy and I feel it. And it makes me alive and I just love it. And I, and that's what I really missed and that's what I'm looking forward to get back to. That's a great note to finish up on, Keith. We're all looking forward to to GA coming back. Like I said, this week, underage training is back. Intercounty is back next month. Hopefully clubs will be back in action soon enough. So, we're all looking forward. So big thanks for joining us on the Star Sport podcast this week, Keith. A pleasure as always to chat to you. And my and mine and, and very best of luck to everybody that's going out into the field today. And remember, take it easy. You know, take our time. You know, we don't, we don't want to microwave these kids. We just want to get back to what it really matters. Like ask yourself the question, what was the one thing during this tragedy that you would have that you wanted back? And that was to get back to the field. And we go back to that and trust trust in yourself and trust in them and to enjoy the whole rest of it. So best of luck to everybody and and uh, thanks, Kieran, for having me on this morning. Brilliant. Thanks, Keith. Thanks for listening to the Star Sport Podcast, number one for sport in West Cork. Cork and Kilmacud Croaks midfielder Neve Cotter is on the comeback trail following a serious back injury, which at a time last year kept her out of action for eight months, Kieran. She made a brief reappearance for the Cork ladies towards the tail end of last season but there was a reoccurrence of the injury and you had a chance to catch up with Neve from her home in Glengariff where she's staying at the moment how was Neve and how's her injury like you said there Neve had a relapse of her back injury um in over the the, the winter period so it's knocked her back again she missed eight months of the 2020 season but she did get back to play 17 minutes in the All-Ireland final so that was a long road to recovery so for her to have another relapse of her back injury like that was just a kick and she admits in the interview that she was seriously down and seriously gutted about it but the good news is she's very positive right now she's a very positive mindset and she's working towards getting back on the pitch with Carkin in the months ahead the league, which throws in in May, is probably too soon for her. So hopefully we'll see Neve back in the championship um, for Cork because she's such a huge asset. When we want to see this Cork ladies football team dethrone Dublin, we need players like Neve Cotter. She's big, strong, physical. She can cover the pitch well. And she's just a start of player that, that Cork need. But Cork have missed her for the last couple of seasons. She had her injury troubles last year. She had a hand injury the year before. I think the year before that, she was gone to Canada on an Erasmus uh, Erasmus studies. So she's been missing a fair bit the last couple of summers. So if we can get Neve Cotter back fighting fit on the field for Cork, huge asset going forward. So as you'll hear from her now, she's in a good frame of mind, but she's been been through the mill with this back injury, Jack. Like, you know, back injuries are notorious like she said you could be bending down to put on your socks and it could hurt so um she's in a good place right now so hopefully touchwood we'll see her back in cork colors in the not too distant future we're joined now on the podcast by cork footballer neve cotter welcome to the podcast neve thanks kieran thanks for having me um, I touched base with you late last week after an interview with declan rooney was syndicated and um, the interview just struck a chord, Neve, because you spoke so openly and honestly about your injury problems of the past two seasons. So I said I'd, I'd touch base just to check in to see how you are. Um, so first off, how are you keeping? 
Yeah, good. Yeah, um, busy now, um, enjoying the fine weather at the moment. But um, yeah, no, um, I started a new job there back in uh, November, so kept busy with that at the moment as well. And uh, yeah, as you say, just rehabbing now, uh, like crazy, trying to get back. Um, but no, all, all good on the whole. You said there you're back home in Glengarriff at the moment, so a very, very small silver lining. What was it like to be in Glengarriff the weekend just gone with the sun shining and, as we know, it's one of the most picture-perfect places in West Cork and even beyond. So um, it was uh, was it nice to get out and about last weekend? Yeah, it was actually lovely. Um, I actually ended up doing the Ring of Bear there last weekend. So, uh, yeah, I was looking well, uh, as always. But, uh, yeah, no, uh, great for the village kind of to, to be back, I suppose, bustling again. And uh, long may it continue. But uh, yeah, just great, great to uh, great to get out, out in the fresh air and um, did a couple of hikes as well. So, uh, yeah, yeah, lovely. Oh, fantastic. Good to hear. Um, when that interview with Declan Rooney came around, one of the lines that stuck out to me, Niamh, was um, the Cork Lady footballers were back training last week. But you were there the first night you were at home in Glengariff doing, doing rehab. So that just got me thinking. I said, I'll touch base with you just to, again, to check in to see how that your back injury is progressing. So... Right now, before we talk about the injury, how is it kind of um, in terms of your rehab? Yeah, so um, it's definitely moving in the right direction. Um, anyone who's kind of had a back injury before will tell you it's just really slow. Um, so, you know, one day you could have a really good rehab session. The next, you know, you're kind of struggling to get out of bed nearly in the morning. So it's just kind of about, I suppose, trying to trust the process and uh, just hope you're kind of moving in the right direction. Um, But look, I I think I think I'm definitely, definitely moving in the right direction. It is slow, but um, yeah, I'm working really, really hard now on the rehab and kind of a slightly different sort of slant on the rehab than I would have been doing last year. And so just kind of trying to trying to try something different, sort of getting a bit of extra mobility kind of in as opposed to, you know, maybe pure strength. but um no it's uh the, re- the rehab is going well it, you know it's tough i suppose like when the weather is like this all you want to be doing is out playing ball but um look i suppose it's just the cards i've been dealt and you know i'm not the first person to be injured and i certainly won't be the last um so yeah just uh i suppose the main thing for me is just trying to kind of maintain a positive attitude um and i would have worked a good with, with barry our sports psych and um you know he's been brilliant with me um, so, yeah, I think, you know, um, especially with kind of long term injuries, if you can get the head right and, you know, stay in that positive frame of mind, I think that's half the battle. Um, so, yeah, just the last kind of six or seven, I suppose the last kind of three or four weeks, I've really been a lot more positive about it. And I think, you know, even though I can't train at the moment, the fact that the girls are back and they're back training, I suppose you have that goal aimed towards and, you know, I suppose we're still waiting on championship fixtures, but, um, you know, the fact that, you know, it seems like really certain that the championship is going to go ahead this year, um, you know, and obviously we've league games coming up now. So it's just great to have that focus again, I suppose. Looking back so to last year, can you pinpoint the, the moment or the game or the training session or the incident that started this whole kind of ripple effect with your back injury? Yeah, so like how it actually started was... Um, 
on New Year's Day, I was that so New Year's Day 2020, I was doing a gym session and I just kind of picked up a weight, sort of a small bit funny, um, and just kind of felt something go straight away. But um kind of rehabbed away for kind of three weeks and it was back feeling okay again. So we actually had a challenge game uh one night with Cork and it was kind of my first game back after the three or four weeks rehab and just went up for a high ball and someone just came in underneath me and um it was actually on an ass or a 3G pitch. So just that impact when I hit the ground um just I kind of struggled to walk off the pitch um after I kind of knew I was uh was in a spot of water. So um so it was kind of in denial for a couple of weeks and then the MRI kind of confirmed the worst. Um so yeah that's kind of the series of events I guess that have kind of set it off but um yeah it's kind of like probably other people who have back injuries will tell you as well like it mightn't even be like a sudden impact or something that would set it off like kind of when I've had the fresh like I suppose relapse there kind of Christmas this year like I actually can't pinpoint one specific event that has kind of set it all in motion again um so it's just like I mean you could be going down to pick up a piece of paper or something and it might just go I just can't put my finger on what what it was that set it off but uh which is kind of frustrating but um yeah look it's just the way it is. The actual injury is so naive as you damaged the nerve root in the L5S1 disc in your back and like you said yeah. that kind of struck early last year and you missed for the seven, eight months of the 2020 season. But in fairness to you, you battled incredibly hard and you got back and you came on in the All-Ireland football final against Dublin in December. That um, that road to recovery through 2020, the fact that you knew the championship was going to happen later in the year, was that like a carrot dangling in front of you the whole time to try? It was something, a target to aim for? Yeah, um, I think I think definitely, yeah. I think, you know, when you're doing your rehab programme, um, you know, I think I'm probably tried to kind of get into kind of visualization a small bit so um you know one of my big I suppose visuals like you know is is getting back you know in Croke Park um you know playing ball um so I suppose you know when kind of tough rehab sessions you'd be thinking of that and trying to get through it um but yeah I suppose just seeing the girls kind of train so hard it does give you that focus and that drive to kind of get back and you know, you might, I suppose, <laughs> you spend a lot of time watching games and stuff on the sideline that you kind of, um, you know, you kind of pick out a few areas, you know, and, you know, it'd be like, maybe I could make kind of a difference there. And, you know, I'd really like to get myself back so I could, you know, kind of try and make that difference. But, um, yeah, I suppose just kind of small things like that, just kind of keeping the focus and uh, keeping that drive to kind of get back on the pitch. But um, yeah, when I suppose it, when it did go again this year, I really, really struggled for a while um, just to try and, you know, get that motivation to just go through it all again, because there's just no guarantees with, well, I suppose any injury, but I think I found, especially with back injuries, just you can't put a timeline on it. And uh, so, yeah, I, I really, really struggled with it when um, when it kind of went again this year. But um Look, I think, you know, on the whole, I'm really a lot more positive about it now. And I think I definitely am moving in the right direction, um, which is great. But it's actually funny. I was reading about um, one of the McCarthy twins, the rowers. And I was saying, you know, I think we need to set up like a lumbar spine support club or something. And 
West Cork because uh, yeah it's the exact same injury he seems to have as well so uh, yeah something in the water I think. <laughs> And the good news there, Neve, is is that, that Jake was back in the water in the, in the last couple of weeks and months. So, like he's shown that there is, like he missed yeah. seven eight months of training last year, ahead of the the qualification process for the Olympics. But he's slowly but surely he was taking steps to get back into water, and he's moving in the right direction now. So, like yeah. that's a, like when you hear stories like that, you know that there is hopefully touch food that there's a positive in going at the end of all this. Yeah, hundred percent. Like you know, hearing stories like that is just such a such a relief, and like. I would have kind of followed like Joey Carberry, you know, a good bit as well. And like, you know, he went through hell, like, and I can only imagine how much worse it would be in a professional environment as well, because, you know, it's all he can, you know, it's all consuming, I guess. Whereas, you know, I suppose I'm lucky in that I can kind of throw my energies into other areas. Um, so, and like, I think, you know, there's loads of other people, like even Breed Stack there, like, you know, like really serious injuries, you know, in a professional environment. So, you know, they have it so much worse. Um, and like, obviously, Jake there as well being like an individual sport, you know, that just heightens it all the more. So, um, yeah, I really feel for those those people as well, to be honest. One of the lines in your interview, Declan Rooney, that stood out to me was, um, I'll just read it out to you here now, you said, I had worked incredibly hard the last year to try and get back and just for it all to break down again was so tough. I went through a stage where I was just like, I don't know if I can actually go through this rehab again. Uh, just on that quote, Neil, was that just a frustration of the moment or was it a thought that you'd seriously considered? Um, to be honest, it, it was kind of something I like seriously considered because I like it was so mentally draining to try and get back last year just there was so many ups and downs with it um you know I suppose look those thoughts you know maybe didn't last didn't last that long but um you know it, it wasn't quite it was more that kind of look would I be better off trying to kind of take the full season out and trying to get myself right like totally properly as opposed to kind of you know being like well, am I going to give up altogether you know I don't think I ever would have gone that far but um yeah I suppose um you know then like the I think kind of what you know in the end like I you know I talked to a few people like Darren was great and um, Mam Rose as well like she's been through the ringer the last couple of years with injuries um you know where accolades and cruciate and stuff so like Laura Man injured as well so like um you know, I'm certainly not the only one. Um, so it's great to just kind of rely off those people and I suppose kind of learn off their experiences and kind of what worked for them. Um, so yeah, I found that found that really great. But yeah, like just when it initially went again, I just remember I was just in floods of tears, like and I I just I just didn't think, you know, I had it in me. But um look, I suppose Barry was great as well. Um and yeah, my family are saints, to be honest, for uh, for putting up with me. But um, yeah, no, look, kind of really just staying positive now the last few weeks and uh, yeah, on, on the road to recovery. <laughs> Please and that, that positivity you talk about there, Neil, that's so important too, isn't it? To have that positive mental attitude because that can carry you a certain step of the way as well. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, yeah. And uh, like that would have been kind of something Barry'd be big on, you know, Um and, you know, he, like, he really, really helped me now a lot with that. Um, but, yeah, I think, like, especially with backs, like, I was talking, like, myself and Darren would always talk about this, like, it really affects your mood, like, because with other injuries, 
you can kind of forget about it. Um, you know, when you're not running or you're not, you know, playing football, but when you're back, it's just there, you know, the whole time kind of constantly reminding you um, that you're injured, you know. Um, so, yeah, I think it's it's just literally trying to kind of forget about it as much as possible, um, which I think I've actually done a lot better this time around. Um you know, which has been really good. But yeah, there's a lot of people now that have helped me on the way. So, uh, yeah. With the team back training last week and with the league kicking off in a, in a couple of weeks and in the championship after that, kind of, does that kind of help kind of put a pep in your step as well, kind of knowing that, that the, the GA is back and like there is something to aim for? Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. Um, like, I was just saying there, it just it really just like the last few days, I've even noticed like my rehab sessions have been going so much better. Um, and I think it's just literally because I've seen the girls out on the pitch, you know, I've seen the yards they're putting in. Um, and yeah, I, I think that's that's, as you say, gives gives you a bit of a pep in your step. All right. I suppose maybe like the one thing it's just amazing being back with Intercounty but I do I suppose like really feel for all the other you know minority sports kind of like I don't know just like basketball is obviously a sport I would have been hugely involved in growing up and just kind of it, I re it really breaks my heart just to see that that's I know look there's good you know public health reasons and everything for it and you know obviously I'm not <laughs> trying to uh um downplay that but um yeah just look I think like it's going to be so important like when you know activities do resume and stuff that we really try and get kids involved in all those minority sports um and just keep up the great work that's being done there you know I know that's a great point Eve and uh, you mentioned earlier too about, about work and college so you're working now is it with a Dublin-based immigration law firm and you're also studying for your solicitor's exams as well as rehabbing from a back injury <laughs> How do you fit it all in? <laughs> yeah, I suppose like kind of anyone who knows me knows I just um, love being busy. Like, so I'm just not really one to like sit around, you know. So, um, yeah, like I suppose, to be honest, I get up kind of early, like very early in the mornings, um, you know, get a few hours study in, uh, get a rehab session in, start into work, um, another rehab, bit of study then after. Um but yeah, no, I I just love being busy. Like, um, it's tough, but it, it's actually it's great having work. Like, and you know, like I'm really fortunate that I am able to you know keep on working at the moment. Um, cause, you know, so many people who have been so so badly like economically impacted by by COVID. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm just really lucky. And to be honest, like trying to get the solicitor exams done like was a great way to kind of spend spend lockdown, you know, when there wasn't a lot going on. And it kind of took the focus as well away from my back a small bit that I could kind of throw my energies into something else. Um, so, yeah, that was really good. But, yeah, just love being busy. <laughs> and it probably, like I said earlier, you're itching to get back on, on the pitch again with the, with the Cork team this year. How do you rate your chances of, of let's say, of, of knocking the dubs after after a mental? Yeah, I think uh, I think there's a really good crop of players there, and it's a really exciting time. I think to be involved with Cork football, like I think, look, obviously Dublin are the trendsetters, and you know they're champions for a reason. And you know we were deservedly beaten last year. Um, so look, I think you know we have a lot of ground to make up. 
but you know I'm kind of confident I'm I am confident that we can that we can make up that ground but um yeah I suppose um I think we have we have improved certainly over the last few years so it's just kind of a case of you know building on that kind of getting more gains into some players um and I suppose then just kind of relying on the experience that exists within the group and you know trying to I suppose create that culture of winning again um which has maybe I suppose been been missing a small bit um over the last few years but um yeah no I I'd be really confident that look we can we can push on um and uh, you know hopefully challenge for an all Ireland ultimately and hopefully when Cork challenge for an All Ireland later in the year you'll be out on the pitch Neve, and you'll, you'll be playing your part in that thank you so much for coming on the podcast and sharing a part of your journey with us because like I was saying to you earlier we we all see the big days the All Ireland finals and, and and the big games but it's that hard graft and work in the background for the for, for someone like you who's injured to put you in the frame to get selected like and if that's a, a story worth telling as well so thanks for coming on and having a chat with us yeah thanks for having me again thanks for listening to the star sport podcast number one for sport in west cork welcome back to the star sport podcast and before we wrap up this week's show we're going to quickly preview What's coming up in this week's Southern Star Sports section? And Kieran, I've had a sneak preview at some of the pieces. And I think readers are in for a treat. Not that they're not always in for a treat when Thursday comes, because it is a, such a fabulous sports section that you're producing on a weekly basis. But this week in particular, I don't know what it is. Some of those pages are just really jumping off the page of me. Some really good work gone into producing the paper. So what can readers expect? Oh, there's a couple of incredible pages in there, and they have the touch of a, it's just a touch of class about them, Jack. So readers will be in for a treat on Thursday morning. So 16-page sports section this Thursday, and it's packed. Um, two pages of golf in there this week because the golf courses reopened across West Cork on Monday morning, and what a day Monday was with the sun shining and the blue skies. So we've um we've a lovely piece about Clannock Guilty Golf Club, the great work that's going on there. We've Pictures from Clan from Skibbereen as the golfers got back on the course. And I have a really, really good interview. Well, I wrote it myself, so I'm a bit biased with Eileen Rose MacDeed. She's a Skibbereen golfer who was the top Irish women's golfer in the 1990s. She won the Irish Close Championship uh, three times in six years, 1990, 92 and 95, I think. And uh, I caught up with, with Eileen Rose for a chat about her golf memory and her golf career. And it's very timely, Jack, because... Eileen Rose is married to Eddie Power and their son, Mark Power, is going to play on the Great Britain and Ireland team in the Walker Cup in a couple of weeks' time. That same team that John Murphy, the Kings Hill golfer, is on. So there's a lovely link in there to the Walker Cup and to Eileen Rose McDade, like I said, a top, top golfer in her time. And she talks about how she almost went pro, but why she didn't go pro. So it's a very interesting read. Also, And I have to just say on that point then, as a former member of Kilkenny Golf Club myself that power name is synonymous with the club every competition board in the clubhouse features either Mark or Eddie in some capacity they are serial winners in that family so I look forward to reading about the mother yeah when I was looking back to the star like the star archives Jack for this piece um, her wedding um, with, with Eddie made page four of the star in 1992 and it was something like top golfers wedding skibbereen so they were making news in the sports sections and news in the news section so yeah that's the interview with Eileen Rose McDade in Thursday Southern Star we also 
actually, yeah, I can say now we're going to announce our new columnist. Our new GA columnist will be announced in this Thursday's Southern Star. So I'm not going to say too much more. It's just that he's he he is someone who has played at the highest level. He's coached at a very high level. He's helped his club to great honours. He's won top honours. He's He has the T-shirt. He's been there. He's done that. He has the insight and the knowledge. And he's going to be sharing that on a weekly basis from next week on in the Southern Star. But this week we reveal his identity. So that's well worth checking out this Thursday Southern Star for. And there's a lot more besides that as well. We've, we've soccer, we've bowling, we've GEA. Um, there's a great interview with Barry Corkery who was um, also speaking at that GA webinar that Kate Ricken was. So he's given advice on, on kids coming back to play this week, underage training. We've caught up with Philly uh, Spillane of, of Bantry and kind of kill the GA club to talk about the GA pitches because they're looking great, Jackie. If you're driving past any GA pitch in West Cork or the county right now, the pitches are looking in tip-top condition because they've had that chance to rest and recover and they haven't had the traffic that they usually have had. So the pitches are crying out for action right now. They're looking superb. So it was great to see the underage players return to return to training this week. Also have an interview with Phil Healy, who is in action in the World Relay Championships in Poland this weekend. And it's a chance for Phil to qualify with the Irish mixed 4x400 four by four, four, four metre relay team and Thomas Bars on that team too. So Phil will be in action. So fingers crossed it goes well for Phil Healy. And also before I finish up, just to remind all our listeners that the draws for the 2021 County Hurling and Football Championships is on this Thursday night at 7pm and the Irish Irish Examiner are streaming it live so it's well worth watching because there's going to be huge interest in the local West Cork teams in both hurling and football so that's the Irish Examiner streaming it live this Thursday night so we'll have all that next week as well Lovely stuff Kieran. and if you can't make it to the shops to pick up a copy of the Southern Star this Thursday don't forget you can subscribe online and read the Southern Star for less than €2 Euro per week on your computer tablet or a smartphone. I just got myself an iPad, Kieran, and I have to say the Southern Star on the iPad screen is really something to behold. Really enjoyable, crisp, clean, a beautiful product. If you can't make it to the shops, thanks for listening to this week's. Oh, you want to jump in there, Kieran? Oh yeah, it shows where your parents are, Jack. When you get an iPad, but you don't get a haircut. I do <laughs> in there as well. Uh. We can't have everything we want in this life. Thanks for listening to the Star Sport Podcast. We'll be back, as always, at the same time next Tuesday. If you enjoy these shows, please make sure to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Slán Tomlin.